We are journeying uh, through a series, if you've been around you would have heard me say this, that we're journeying through a series entitled We Are. How many of you have heard one or another of these messages over this series? Okay, the majority of you. We have been talking about the 12 family values, and we've looked at a number of them so far, that shape who we are as a church community and a church uh, congregation and every family I've said before, uh, whether they verbalize it or not, uh, whether it's conscious or subconscious, have a set of values that say, this is who we are as a family. And those values shape the culture of that family or that community. And so it is here at Family Church. And so, so far we've looked at a number. We've talked about the fact that we are Christ-centered. We've spoken about the fact that we are Bible-believing that we are spiritual, that we are servant-hearted. And last week we talked about the fact that we are honourable. And all these messages are available um, for you to catch up. If you ever miss a Sunday morning or you're in kids' church, uh, you can listen via the Family Church app that you can download to your phone or via our website, family.church forward slash listen. But today uh, I want to continue in this mode and talk about the fact that we are responsive. Amen? Amen. By the end, that's going to be even loud. We are responsive. And this is a tagline that goes with this value. Constantly responsive and active. Never apathetic and passive to God and his call. And as we journey through these thoughts this morning, I'm going to grab a chair because I want to ask um, a question of you today as we journey through this. And the question is simply this. How's your posture? How's your posture? Now, some of you are instantly like sat up immediately. We know that there's a physical posture that we can have that's positive or negative. Apparently, I have a terrible posture um, the way I sit. I'm working on it and probably need to get a different chair or something like that. But we can have a posture physically, but also I want you to see that we can have a posture of response spiritually. And I've used this analogy or this illustration uh, in the past, so if you've been part of Family Church um, for a while now, forgive me for using it again, but I just believe it helps uh, something visually come alive that little bit more. And some of you are visual learners, and so sometimes what you see sticks in your head a whole lot more than what has been said. So I want you to see today that when it comes to the thought of response... There's a number of different postures that we can carry. Now, for some people, when it comes to what God is doing in their life and how God wants to use them and the church and all that kind of stuff, they have this posture that, that is laid back, apathetic and passive to the things of God. They are in that place where they've been coming to church week in, week out, but it's almost like they're dormant in their Christianity. And do you know what? The number of people who have taken up this posture has actually dramatically risen since the time of COVID. Since the time of that spiritual sleepiness that many people experienced during lockdown, and many of us didn't, we just went full on ahead for God. But other people had that moment during lockdown where they had to reestablish in their mind what actually is church, and this spiritual sleepiness came upon them that they haven't yet woken up from, and there's this posture that they carry that actually they're very passive and apathetic to what God wants for their life. Now there's other people... And have you ever been on a chair where you just can't get comfortable and you're kind of, you put a cushion behind you, you're trying to uh, change it, but you just can't get comfortable. And that's how some people are in their response to God. That one moment they're on fire for God, the next moment they're non-existent. One moment they're saying, God, I want to serve you all the days of my life and your agenda for my life, I want it for my life. And other days they're sulking with God because he hasn't come through for them as they, as they thought he would do. The uncomfortable posture, not really sure where they're at with God. And then there's other people 
who are on the edge of their seat, who are responsive to all that God has for them and the call of God upon their life. They're responsive to his word. They're responsive to everything about who he is and the church of Jesus Christ. My question to you today is simply this. Which one are you? And I'm not asking that from a place of condemnation. I'm not asking that from a place of judgment. I'm asking that because I want to encourage us this morning and show you that your life and the lives of others around you could change so much if we went from maybe in some areas of our life being apathetic and passive to actually being responsive to all that God has for us. And at Family Church, we want to continually redefine the norm when it comes to this issue of response. So what does it mean to be responsive? This is what it means according to the dictionary. It means reacting quickly, positively, and enthusiastically. Reacting quickly, positively, and enthusiastically. And that's the kind of church that we want to be. Because the church in this nation for so long, and actually it's growing, are really many forms of the church are asleep to what God wants to do in and through them. Many of them are passive to the needs of God around their life. And we have been sold this lie that everyone else can be responsive about what they're passionate about apart from the church. Right? In fact, one of the biggest lies of the enemy is that if you're an enthusiastic Christian, if you're somebody who's passionate about the things of God, if you respond quickly, positively, and enthusiastically to God, then you're just one of those like eccentrics. You're happy clappy. You're, you know, in that category. You're just a bit too full on for God. Now listen, let me flip that on its head this morning and actually say this, that if we're unresponsive to God, then that's not normal. If we're unresponsive to what God has done in our lives and we just take it or leave it, then surely that is not normal. How can we take on board all that God has for us and not respond? How can we read verses, scripture like Psalm 103, 1 to 5, which is this, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He is a God who forgives all of your sins. He is a God who heals all of your diseases. He has redeemed your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. How can we read something like that? And I'm not just necessarily talking verbally, but how can we read some of that and respond in our lives with, oh, that's nice, God. Thanks, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, you've redeemed all, yeah, you've forgiven every single one of us that you've healed. All, yeah, you know, that, that, thank you, thank you very much. How can we respond like that? Listen, the most normal thing is to respond to God and his goodness. And that isn't about volume, that isn't about personality type, but it's about responding in every single area of who we are. Responding with our motivation, responding in our actions, responding with our words, responding with our serving, responding with our worship, responding with our generosity, responding with our entire lives. But if God has done so much for us, how can we not respond to his goodness? So we're committed to being a responsive church. It's a value that shapes who we are and what we do, both individually and corporately. Because you know what? Response is a sign of life, right? We know that. A response is a sign of life. If you ever watch a hospital program, whether it's um, you know, a fly-on-the-wall documentary or whether it's a, a fictional thing, you'll see that if they flatline, there's no response. And so what do they do? They start doing heart compressions or they get that, that machine, a defib. I've always thought that's 
probably a good machine to use, but it, yeah, it should never be given to me. But that default in that moment, and in that moment, what do they do? They look and they check out for some response. And if it's still flatline, they'll go again until there's suddenly a response. Why? Because response is a sign of life. Listen, you want to talk about life, you have the life of Jesus Christ within you. Amen? Do we believe this this morning? That the same spirit that conquered the grave of Jesus Christ is now resident in your life today. Again, let's not make this about personality touch. We can all be responsive to God. It's just a case of what we choose to respond to. So let me ask you again this morning, how is your posture? Now in the time that we've got this morning, I want to look at a few things that the Bible says we should be responsive to as the people of God. And the first one is this, that primarily we need to be responsive to God. Above all else, remember last week we talked about honour and the fact that we want to honour God above all else. So it is with response that we want to be responsive to God before anyone or anything else. Because we are new creations, amen? And as those who have been born again, the most natural thing to do is to, the one, to look to the one who gave us life. But again, if you watch any nature programs, you, you see that there's that moment where the infant is born, the infant animal, and what do they do? They look to the one who gave them life. Listen, as those who have been born again, as those who have been given new life in Christ, the most natural thing for us to do as those who have been born again is to look to the one who gave us life life we need to be responsive to God now Jesus has this moment in Luke chapter 17 I want to look at this this morning Luke chapter 17 just turn your Bibles there this morning we're going to begin at verse 11 because we get a glimpse into the kind of posture that Jesus expects us to have when it comes to God and all that he's done for us so Luke chapter 17 verse 11 it says as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered the village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now the reason that they stood at a distance, as many of you will know, is because in those days, if you had leprosy, you had to stand at a distance from everybody. You were considered unclean in this moment. And so they were far away. And Jesus looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. Because the mandate in that time was that the priest would determine whether you had leprosy, but also whether you'd been fully cured and healed of leprosy. So he says, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, everybody say one of them. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell at the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for all that he had done. Now this man was a Samaritan. Now, why is that significant? Because if you know the culture of that day, the Jews hated the Samaritans. And so Luke knows what he's doing in writing this gospel. He's making the point that of all the ones that came back, it was probably the one that you least suspected. Luke is making a point here. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. So we have a moment here where Jesus heals 10 men, yet only one responds to what God has done for them. 
All ten got exactly the same. It wasn't like they missed out. As they went, they were healed. All of them received the same thing, yet only one of them responded. And Jesus asked this question, which shows us what his thinking was. Jesus asked the question, where are the other nine? You see, his response and his expectation and his hope was that all ten of them would respond because response is the normal posture for somebody who has received so much from God. Now, how does that get at work? Because we can talk about having good posture. We can talk about being responsive to God. But what does that actually practically look like on a day-to-day basis 24-7? Well, I believe that it's shown in things like how we respond to God's word. Let me ask you this morning, when it comes to your posture to God's word, is the Bible something that you can take or leave? Is it something that you read every now and then? Is it something that you read because you feel you have to or you should do because that's what good Christians do? Or are you actually wholeheartedly responding to the word of God over your life? Because the Bible says of itself that it's living and active, amen? That it's not some historical textbooks that's dry and old. It's alive. It's the word of God. It's the breath of God over our lives. How are we responding to God's word? The bits that we like. The bits that are a little bit harder to handle. The bits that, if you're honest, you, you gloss over and quickly turn the page because that's a little bit hard to take on board in your life. How do we respond? Because our posture to God's word will determine what we get from it. So I wonder, what could God do if we amended our posture when it came to the reading of his word and its effects on our life? How about when, when it comes to the preaching of God's word? In the context of us as a church community, are we responsive? And I'm not just talking verbally, though that's part of it. But I'm talking about, are we responsive in terms of our posture and all that God has for us from the word every time we gather on a Sunday morning or whenever we might meet as a church community? Because the the difference between this, and I'm not talking physically again, I'm talking about spiritual. The difference between this and this will determine what you go home with each and every single week. It amazes me how two people can come to the same gathering and leave with such a different experience. Why? Because of a posture that we lean into when it comes to the preaching of God's word. That every single Sunday morning, a speaker, whether it's me or somebody else, that the worship team, the person who gives an opportunity and encourages us in our giving, whoever it might be, gives out and throws out an opportunity to respond to the word of God. And how we will respond will determine what we go home with so what's our posture when the word of God is shared now again I'm not talking physically some of you are like oh sit up straight I'm not talking phys- how is our posture of response when it comes to the word of God are we ready for what God has for us every time we gather or we just turn up for church because that's what we do sometimes on a Sunday morning I believe these are good challenging questions to be asking ourselves now there's a moment but I want to read in the book of Nehemiah that I believe helps with this. And in Nehemiah, let me just put this into context. The walls of Jerusalem have just been rebuilt. It's a great moment. If you want to know more, read the book of Nehemiah, a great book in the Old Testament. And the the nation of Israel have settled into different communities. And so they have this moment where everybody else comes together. A bit like we're doing this afternoon. Everyone coming together. All these different groups from Israel come together. And they ask Ezra the scribe, to read from the book of God's law. 
because I haven't had that opportunity. So I asked him to read, and he begins to read from the Torah. And, and if you read the context of that moment, he reads it for what I reckon is about six hours. Okay, so if you think my messages are long sometimes, then, then think about being under the teaching of Ezra, where he's in that moment, and he's teaching, and he's reading for six hours. Now listen to this response, Nehemiah 8, verse 5 to 6. Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people, and when they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen, as they lifted their hands. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. What a powerful moment. That Ezra opens up the word of God, and this is their response. Why? Because they were so passionate about God's word over their life. You see, you will respond to whatever you're most passionate about. You will respond to whatever you want more of in your life. So it's not about personality type. It's not about cultural background. Because listen, I'm fed up to the back teeth of talking with people who say, well, do you know what? In this culture, in this nation, we're just not very responsive people. And so that's why as the Church of Jesus Christ, when we worship, when we give, when we preach God's word, then we're just a reserved people. Here's the problem I've got with that. I've lived in this country. I've been around this culture long enough that I've been to many football games when goals go in. Don't tell me that we're a reserved culture. I've seen people jumping up and down to the headline act at Glastonbury, yet in the house of God, they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've seen the difference. in I've seen the palpable excitement in some of you sometimes when something like Great British Bake Off is coming back on the television. Right? Come on. don't. I've seen the excitement. Some of you are like, no, Love Island. Okay, well, we've got to have a conversation to have. But I've seen the palpable excitement in the hearts of people because you will always respond to what is greatest passion in your life it's not cultural it's not about personality type it's about what are you passionate about what are you wanting more of how do you want God to transform your life and so when it comes to the reading of God's word in my life the bits that I like the bits that I find a challenge the bits that are hard work but I know will bring me life and transformation I want my response to evermore be so be it amen in my life how about you Okay, at Family Church, we want to be responsive to God's word in our life. What about worship? Does God get our greatest response in worship? And obviously, again, our worship is more than singing. It's we worship in the way we live our entire lives, and we're going to talk more about that next week. But corporate sung worship is one of the ways that, as a church family, we respond to God together. So let's just focus on that just for a moment. Do we give... God our best. I mean, we've just worshipped. Have you just given God your best in this moment? Come on, be, be real. And I'm not going to pass the microphone around. So this is just an internal monologue in your mind. So you can be truthful with yourself. And if you're not, then God knows you're not being truthful anyway. So have you just given God your best in worship? Or were you just busy looking around? Were you just thinking about your shopping list for next week? Have we given God our best in this moment of worship? Because contrary to what some modern strands of Christianity would have you believe, worship is not about us. Right? Worship is not about making ourselves feel better. Now, when you're in the presence of God, your life will be transformed. You will experience something of him. But worship isn't about us. Worship is about God and our response to him. So we don't worship based on how we feel, we worship based on who he is. 
That's why you can go through the worst season of your life and still be as passionate in worship as when everything is going well in your life because it's not dependent on what season you are going through. It's not dependent. You, you'll see me and my, and we'll be responsive to God. It's not an act. It's what we truly believe. But some days we'll worship God and everything's going absolutely brilliantly. Sometimes we'll worship God and everything is lousy in our life, but it doesn't change who he is or the response that I should give to him in worship. Amen. Now listen to this, Malachi 1, 11 to 12, and I want to read this from the message paraphrase. Now remember, the message is not a translation, it's a paraphrase, but I love the way that Eugene Peterson puts this moment. God speaking to the Israelites, he says, I am honored all over the world, and there are people who know how to worship me all over the world, who honor me by bringing their best to me. They're saying it everywhere, God is greater, this God of the angel armies, all except you. Instead of honoring me, you profane me. You profane me when you say worship is not important. And what we bring to worship is of no account. And I love this bit. And when you say, I'm bored, this doesn't do anything for me. I love the way Eugene Peterson puts that because how many times have people been in worship moments and they're like, I'm, I'm bored. I don't like this one as much as the next one. No, 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 it's got nothing to do with us. It's got everything to do with him. I'm bored. It doesn't do anything for me. Maybe our posture change is to begin to respond to God like we would do to the, I don't know, winning goal at the FA Cup final. Whatever it is, the equivalent for you. The new Star Wars film coming out. I don't, I don't know. Whatever does it for you. Maybe it's time that we responded to God as we would respond to whatever gives the most passion to us in our life. So we want to be responsive to God's word. We want to be responsive to him in worship. We also want to be responsive to God's call, to what God asks of us. I I wonder, when God asks something of us, what's our response? Because the reality is so much is dependent and so much potential lies the other side of you responding to God's call. Today, as I said earlier, we're celebrating, we will this afternoon, 25 years of family church. 25 years of of changed lives. 25 years of serving people with the love of God. 25 years of seeing people saved through faith in Jesus Christ. 25 years of lives being completely transformed. 25 years of people being baptized and growing in their faith and growing in their discipleship and their knowledge of God's word. 25 years of marriages being restored. 25 years of people being set free from addiction. 25 years of people understanding who they really are in Christ. 25 years of physical healings and emotions being healed. 25 years all because two people pastors Andy and Gina 25 years ago said yes to the call of God what could be the other side of your response to all that God is calling of you and they've been followed by so many others including you who are responding yes to God's call not just here when we gather together on a Sunday morning but in in your community in your workplace in friendships and so on and so on so let me ask you what's your posture of response when God asks you to do something are you like, like Jonah who was apathetic and passive to God's call? Are you like Jonah who ran away from the call of God upon his life? Or are you like Isaiah who his response is recorded for us in Isaiah 6 verse 8 when it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. What's your posture of response when it comes to God asking something of you, when God asks you to forgive somebody who's hurt you, when God asks you to 
pray for somebody in your neighborhood who's ill, but you're not sure how they're going to respond to you. When, when God asks you to serve and honor others, when God asks you to start something for him, what is your response? Because as I said, we are worshiping today as this community called Family Church Haven in this building, all because two people had nothing other than the promise of God and stood in faith with what he had spoken over their lives and said yes to his call. So in all that we do, we want to be responsive to God, amen. But we, we don't want to stop at that. We also want to be responsive to the needs of his church. Because if Jesus said, I'm building my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, then as his followers, then surely we should be people who play our part in that. So what's your posture when it comes to church? Are you somebody who's like, oh, well, I'm just going to kind of just come every now and then. And, you know, I'm not really part of it. I'm just going to turn up every now and then, just kind of just come along. Or are you somebody who understands, no, actually, the church is not an event. The church is not a service. We are the church. And actually, there's a call upon my life to play my role in making family church all that God intends for it to be, to serve the vision that God has for us. And I believe, by and large, this is who we are. I'm preaching to the converted this morning because we are a responsive people when it comes to the needs of God's church. The, the number of times we stand and we say, we need people to step up here or step up there, and people respond. Every time we talk about our vision, every time there's an opportunity to give, you guys are incredible, and as your pastor, I love it, and I'm humbled by it, because that's the heart of the church that we're looking to be. We want to be a people who are constantly showing responsibility, an ability to respond in making church all that God has called it to be. So again... We touched on this very quickly when we talked about being servant-hearted. But one of the ways that we respond to the needs of God's church, if this is relevant to you, is to, to step up and say, I'll play my part. But if everybody plays their part, then together we can do so much for God. And so if you're not yet in some way or another involved, maybe you want to come and speak to us. Now again, physically maybe you're not able to, time-wise you're not able to. This isn't a guilt trip. This I'm talking to those who said, you know what? I'm journeying with family church and I want to play my part in responding to the needs of the church. What difference could it make to your life and your experience of church if we amended our posture? And then finally, we are committed to being a people who respond to the needs of others. Amen. We want to be a church that responds to the needs of others. This is culturally who we are and who we're committed to being. Because in this world, as I've spoken about so much over the last two weeks, as we talked about being servant-hearted and being an honorable community, this world is dishonorable. This world is self-serving, not others-focused. But we don't want to be drawn into a cultural fault, amen? We, we don't want to be a bunch of people who are living life with, with blinkers on, right? You've all seen racehorses at one time or another who have blinkers on. Why, why do they have blinkers on? Because they don't want the horse to be distracted by the other horses in the race. They want that horse to just concentrate on their own race. Listen, as a people of God, we've talked a lot about the race this year that we're running for God, but we don't want to be people who've got blinkers on. We don't want to be people who are running and living our own lives and completely blind to the needs of other people around us because God has called us to be a church and a movement that will respond to the needs of others. Do we believe that this morning? Now, we look to do that at Family Church, if you're new to us, in two ways. Firstly, practically. But if you've been part of this church for any amount of time, 
you'll know that we're an outward-looking church. We love the communities that God has placed us in, and we want to meet need in that community. That's why we do things like, like we did a couple of weeks ago with the harvest. And you guys responded so amazingly well, as you always do. And I want to thank you once again for that, because it is making a difference. I want you to know, and you saw a video the other week, that we are literally now hundreds of food hampers are going out from families. Your church are giving out hundreds of food hampers every single month. We are serving new mums through the Baby Basics program. Many of you know about the Baby Basics program. I was in a community meeting this week, and a few years ago, I think two, three years ago, we had 52 referrals. We're now having four referrals a day to this community program and responding. That's thousands over the course of a year of new mums who are being blessed through the work of Family Church because we want to be a people who respond to need that any time there is need that we encounter we want to respond to it because God cares about this stuff do you know about this morning God cares about the needs that people find themselves in there's so many verses we could look at let me just look at one this morning Proverbs 19 verse 17 it says if you help the poor you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you There's so many verses we could look at this morning. We are constantly responding to need locally, but also further afield. That's the church community we want to be. That We've shared before that all around the world we are supporting the poor. We're supporting widows and orphans, as the Bible calls us to do. When when war broke out in Ukraine, what did we do? We responded. You gave so passionately, we responded. And we continue through the guys in Moldova to respond every single day to the need that that horrific war has created in the nation of Ukraine. We want to have a posture that responds every time we meet need, individually and as a church community. Now, hear me clearly. God doesn't expect us to do what we can't do, right? Okay, so there will be times where, as a group, but also as individuals, we can't give of our finances. We can't give of our time because there's too many constraints. But every single one of us can pray for every need that we encounter, which can be our greatest response. So as a church community, we want to respond to practical needs. But then, and let, let me end with this. We also recognize that the greatest need a human can have is a spiritual one, right? But it's way bigger than any physical or material need that they could face. The truth is that every Christian, or sorry, every person needs to have a relationship with God. Every person has a need of a saviour. Every person, if you're here today and you've never responded to the love of God, every single person has a need for a saviour, has a need for a relationship with Jesus. And nothing else will satisfy that need. You can try every single other thing in life. Nothing will satisfy that deepest need. And so as a church community, yes, we want to support people. Yes, we want to reach out and encourage and, and help others in their time of need practically. But we want to not just bring them to that place where they're in a better place, materialistically far beyond that we want to introduce them to the one who has saved us and the one who has transformed us and the one who has given us life in abundance amen are we in agreement with that this morning so we don't just stop in terms of material needs we respond to spiritual needs as well let me go back to the question we began with how's your posture this morning spiritually how is your posture of response to what God has for you. And as we pray in this moment, let me ask you this other question. Where do you maybe need 
to adjust your posture of response. It may be to do with something that I've talked about this morning. It may be something completely different. And as I've been speaking, the Holy Spirit has been highlighting areas. Maybe it's to do with your response towards your spouse or your colleagues or your children or whatever it might be. The, the Holy Spirit, as we've gone through these last few weeks, has been highlighting different needs in your life and different responses that you carry. Where do you need to adjust your posture of response? Because we want to be a church village responsive not apathetic not passive but ready and responsive to God and his call let's pray this morning heavenly father I thank you for time in your word today father I thank you that as we said earlier your word is alive it's active and Lord, every time we gather as a church community, we don't just want to go through the motions and hear a message and then get on with our lives. Holy Spirit, we want you to add to what has been communicated. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, that where there has been challenge, we would respond to that. Where there's been an, a challenge of our response to you, God, our response to need, our response to others in our community or in our family or in our friendship groups, whatever it might be, Lord, may that challenge turn to action. Lord, we thank you that every time we are challenged, it's not to condemn, it's to bring transformation in our lives. And so, Father, I thank you for the change, the uh, posture change is going to bring and outworking in our lives, that as we choose to make a difference in our response, we will see the difference that that response brings. Lord, I thank you. For 25 years of family church changing communities wherever God has called us to be. God, I thank you for, for pastors Andy and Gina. Lord, I thank you for every single person who's called this place home and continues to call it home. That the best truly is yet to come. Father, I thank you. We prophesy over this community in heaven, Lord, that we've only just seen the beginning of what you are yet to do in our lives. And individually, Lord, we thank you that what you have begun, you will bring through to completion. Lord, wherever has been challenged over the last three weeks, Lord, I thank you that you are doing a work in us for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give him a round of applause and praise this morning.